This podcast is brought to you by Westbury Stud. Emily Bosson on the Inside Word. This week on the Inside Word, we're catching up with Mick D, who's been based across the Tasman for just over six years. And after a fifth Group 1 win on Saturday at Flemington aboard Luna Fox, we thought it was a good time to check in with him and see how he's doing. Mick, congratulations on that uh, fifth Group 1 success. Well done. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, it was a bit of a shock to the system, but no, also uh, a huge thrill. Um, when you say a bit of a shock to the system, how does it feel to be known as uh, the jockey who's ridden um, the record for having ridden the longest prize Group 1 winner in Australasian history? How does that sound? Uh, it sounds pretty cool, to be honest. <laughs> um, I, I wasn't aware of that until yeah the next day, so... Um, you don't don't hear about that all all that often. What were your expectations going into the race? Had you had much much association with the horse previously? Uh, I'd, I'd only ridden him in the previous start in the CS Hayes, um, and yeah, he went he went below par uh, on that occasion. But he was first up. He was always going to improve, but. I certainly didn't think he was going to improve enough to be able to win the race, but, um, yeah, obviously anything can happen. Mm. Have you had a, a good relationship with Paul Prushka over the years? No, I haven't actually. Um, I've only... I, I would have had oh, less, less than 10 rides for Paul, and I've actually written um, maybe three or four winners for him, but, uh, yeah, I haven't really had much of a connection with uh, his stable. Mm. What, what were the emotions like uh, coming up that big, long Flemington straight? Uh, you really got stuck into him, I thought, about the sort of 150-metre mark when you, you realised that you might be in with the show. Yeah, well, I, it was just beyond straightening. I thought, I'm, still, I'm actually going all right. And then we straightened up and I thought, well, I might run a nice, nice placing, everyone will be happy but uh, got to the furlong and all of a sudden I'm, I'm in front and couldn't believe it <laughs> How does uh, Mick D celebrate a Group 1 win? Did you get up to much on Saturday night? Uh, it, was, it, was, it was fairly quiet with a nice dinner and uh, a few beers, that was about it so, um, yeah, so I, don't, I don't really party too hard like others but <laughs> Um, just a, a nice, quiet celebration. Mm. That's, um, we mentioned it at the top of the show, but uh, your fifth Group 1 win. Um, tell me about the first Group 1 that you rode. How, how was that? Because that's a, a huge monkey off the back, isn't it? Yeah, the first Group 1, yeah, it certainly is. Um, I, I got that quite early in my career and quite early out of my apprenticeship, so... Um, I was quite lucky to be able to do so to really kick my career along mm. and um, yeah, it's just sort of it's snowballed from there. Is there a, a favourite horse for you or a um, favourite Group 1 win so far? Uh, I, I don't I don't really have favourites but um, oh, look, all of the Group 1s are, ones are good and um Probably, probably uh, the the Australian Guineas. You'd, uh, you'd have to put that on top because uh, 
just a story behind it. Mm. Uh, take me back to the start of uh, your career. How did you end up getting involved in, in racing and, I suppose, horses at all? Um, well, I, I rode uh, ponies and show jumping uh, for all of my younger years at, during uh, through school. And uh, so I've been, I've been around horses my whole life and um, I got into racing uh, through through my dad, he was a trainer for a while ago, but uh, it just got the interest through through my family. Mm. Um, can is there many comparisons or similarities between um, pony clubbing and show jumping and, and racing? Um, oh, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of similarities, but um, I think. With show jumping, it's good to be able to learn the basics and, and even be able to sit on a horse. So, so you got that leg up um, on a lot of other other apprentices starting out who may not have ridden a, a horse at all. So, um, it, it's good in that aspect um, being able to learn learn about the horse uh, at a young age. Mm. Your early career was based in New Zealand. Uh, tell me a bit about that. Who were you apprenticed to? Um, yeah, so the first two years of my apprenticeship uh, with Kevin Myers and Wanganui, which uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. Mm. Um, it, it's certainly very different down there. My, my days I was working with cows rather than <laughs> rather than the horses. Yeah. But, um, no, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed um, my first two years of my apprenticeship. What led to the move across the ditch? Was that always something you wanted to do? Um, oh, when I first started riding, it wasn't it wasn't a massive desire to, to move across. Um, it, it happened quite qu- quickly, really. Um, it was just a move of... So more opportunity um, and to and to further my career. Mm. It, it's I imagine incredibly different to uh, central districts in New Zealand. Was it a bit of an adjustment to settle in, or did you love it right from the get go? Oh, yeah. It, it took a lot of time to adjust. Um, it probably wasn't until the end of my apprenticeship where I really felt like I cemented myself as a rider. Um, it, it just takes a lot of time to to get that confidence, and like it, it's quite easier when you're apprenticing, got the claim, and mm. and going through your apprenticeship. But it's tough to really get to the end of it and realise what you're actually doing at the end of the day. Mm. What about uh, important people who've helped with that uh, transition into Australia? Have there been some some people who've been particularly helpful in Australia? Well, most most owners and trainers who put me on over the years, um, you, I obviously wouldn't get to where I am without without the trainers who I ride for and, and the owners who also support me. Mm. I was um, writing my questions for this and I was um, going to ask you about your family, but gosh, it, it must have been a, a long time since you've seen them with all the COVID restrictions. It's, yeah, now I've been back home. Um, yeah, so, yeah, 
miss it a lot. But um, look, I think hopefully soon enough we can get back and uh, sort of sort of spend time with the family and and even even just New Zealand itself. Mm. Um, but. It's, it's been quite a while. Yeah. Um, and also when I was uh, doing my research, I was reading that uh, you've got a farm in Waipukurau with your parents or your dad, I think it, it was. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Back to the cows. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, oh, that, that's, that's a background of mine. Um, I, I like the farming side of uh, my life. Mm. And it's probably a, a dream at the end of the day, um, post my racing career, um, to be back on the farm. And uh, yeah, as you said, I've got a um, 50-50 share with my parents down in Waipakaria, um in a farm. So we're just building on that. Yeah. How much uh, land have you got down there? Uh, we own 850 acres down there mm-hmm. and, and lease at least another nearly 900 acres. Wow, pretty big block. And and beef and sheep or just beef or how who, how do you run it? Uh, no, no, both. Um, yeah, we've got sheep and cattle there. So um, it certainly keeps keeps uh, my parents pretty busy. Yeah, and, and um, very cool for you at your age to be able to have the finances to be able to get involved in a farm and, and bring your dream to life. Yeah, very lucky. Um, most others would be would be trying to buy houses and 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 build on sort of buy more houses, but mm. um, that, that's sort of what I what I'm putting my money into and um, yeah, building building up on the farming farming aspect. And and you did mention it, but that's what you'd like to do at the end of riding is come back to the farm in New Zealand and and be a part of that and, and run it. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, yeah, look, it, it's probably good for myself to to have something to fall back on because mm. um, at least I know what I'm what I'm going to do at the end of the day um, post post my racing post riding. Um, Victoria's uh, quite built up, really, probably in Melbourne, where you're having to be based with the races. Is there anywhere you can get a farming fix in Australia or um, get your out and about in the cows? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I think I think the uh, the golf course is the closest closest I can come to that. Yeah. Um, just being, being out on the golf course—that's that's, yeah, that's about it. That's the country fix. Whereabouts are you based? Um, <laughs> whereabouts do you base yourself in Victoria? Uh, I'm about ten minutes from Cranbourne, uh, so oh, that's about thirty-five minutes from the from the city. Mm, great. And and what about ambitions for the future? As they're um, obviously retiring to the farm, that's one big one. But for your riding career, are there any goals that that you would like to achieve? Oh, just main goal is just to keep on improving, and the other thing is to to keep my consistency up. Like I find that myself as a rider, I can I can have a bit of a dry dry spell and mm. then come back, ride a few winners, and then a dry spell again. So I just like to keep that consistency up.
Yeah. Well, thanks so much for catching up with us, Mick. It's um, awesome to check in with you, see how you're going, doing really well over in Aussie and flying that Kiwi flag high. We're very proud on Saturday to see you get that Group 1 success. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks very much for having me on. This podcast is brought to you by Westbury Stud. Emily Bosson on the Inside Word.